Hello, Smirkheads. I'm Ben Gilman, and welcome to Smug Mode, a rental podcast where we discuss episode by episode the cult sci-fi comedy classic. I'm joined, as always, by Tom Hill. Hello. Uh, Troy Salmon. Hello. And our new permanent member, Dan Rudge. Hi, yeah. Hi, yeah, buddy. How are you doing? How's everyone? Yeah, good. <laughs> right. Cool. Right. Um, so, because I've danced the new boy on this one, he's joining us from Square Eye Syndrome to talk about Red Dwarf because he's a big dwarf like we are. Dan, would you like to tell us, uh, since you worked with us for season one, would you like just to give us like a brief thought of your season one so you can catch up with us? Um, Do you think my main thoughts on season one are like two things. One, the first time that I saw it, I only saw the first episode, and when I figured out that everyone had died and it was just Lister and all that going on, because I, I, I saw it completely blind. I'd never heard anything about it before. I was quite young. It was just there. My dad was a fan. I was watching it, and I was, I was really, really sort of... I was, I was distraught. I was too young to understand that that was the setup for the comedy, and I was distraught that all these people and humanity had died, and I complete, it turned me off Red Dwarf entirely because I was too young to watch it. Mm. Came back to it in my uni years after spending a lot of time just irrationally hating it. And then that the scene which got me into it was... Oh, I'm not entirely sure which episode it is, but it's the one cat is wandering around. Today's been a good day. Hey, <laughs> Dad. A lot of things. That, that, just a human playing as a cat and being that cat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That that was that was wonderful, and from that point on, I had to see more, and I had to see more. Um, from there, I went back. I watched through everything from the beginning. Uh, we were already at the point where Red Dwarf was on its long hiatus, and yeah, I just thought it was fantastic, fantastic British comedy fantastic way of using sci-fi the best sci-fi comedy that i had experienced in any format since hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy um the end that just the everybody's dead dave scene just that that (laughs) which was nearly the name of this podcast it's it's so beautiful as a scene it's so well done because it's it's so sparse minimalistic and Lister is such an imbecile (laughs) and Holly is just this long suffering (laughs) oh I just I love it everybody's dead Dave everybody dead Dave everybody is (laughs) (laughs) I'd say that there's that the I Five times slept six times, made a lot of things mine. Yeah. Um, the orange checkered sh- uh, suit, the yellow yeah. orange checkered suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's possibly my favorite bit in the entire series as well. <laughs> N- not even the character, just 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 the outfit. <laughs> All right, we go into the cat's wardrobe on this podcast. Oh. We've got a vestige. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, um, Lister's confidence. No, no, no Lister's shirt. Lister's shirt. 
We are also a fashion podcast. People don't know that <laughs> bit yet. Lister's confidence, the big, bright, loud car salesman, yellow orange Elvis, Elvis car guy, salesman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that 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 was that was awesome. That was brilliant. This uh, just that level. Ding dong! Another great idea from the people who brought you beer milkshakes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. And and cloister the stupid. <laughs> well, that's our end destination at this time. The last episode of the current run is the cat so we will get back there i'm looking forward to that Thanks you know that, what yeah. actually actually because we're coming to it at the end of the season i was wondering if we could get back to the women from red dwarf that would be a fascinating return in the next season not something to think about okay yeah okay so thank you for that dan so no worries i love it we're gonna go into season two tom I'm going to let you do the groundwork between seasons if there's any changes, please, before we do the episode. Um, no, I don't think there's any. It's basically they've been in space for a few more months. I think they're up to about 18 months by the time season two happens. Yeah. So they've yeah, been, they've just yeah. been basically going through the exact same rigmarole of Lister and Rimmer hating each other, Cat <laughs> not giving a toss about anybody but Cat, and Holly going slowly mad. Um, so, yeah. It's literally nothing has changed in the interview. In the yeah, interview. Okay, so let's go into season two, episode one then, which is called Crichton. But it's not our Crichton. Hopefully he is a good Crichton. So He's this is... My favourite episode of season two, Crichton. Robert Lebella is my Crichton. I've always hated this Crichton because I saw season six and seven first when I was younger. So it's kind of... This other Crichton, I got back to seasons one and two after I saw three to eight. So for me, I've always kind of never accepted this Crichton. Although I, with age and maturity, I do really respect the actor who is David Ross. Yes. So anyway, yeah. so the plot of this episode is the Red Dwarf crew has intercepted an SOS signal from the space cruiser Nova Five that has crashed on a moon. <laughs> The only survivor is Crichton, who's obviously done the emergency transmission to a, um, a, make the crew aware that they need rescuing. And he comes onto this ship, because obviously the crew is dead, but we'll get to that in a second. One of the great all-time... Yeah, love it. Just This is a great episode, just to build off of jokes. But anyway... Um, can, 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 we, can we go back just a second? Because you've on. missed out the best one in the entire episode. Go on, go on. <laughs> yeah. The one that's just Holly. As the days go by, we face the increasing inevitability that we are alone in a godless, uninhabited, hostile, and meaningless universe. Phil, you've got to laugh, haven't you? Yeah, well, I was dying. I was like, oh my god. Basically, coronavirus England right now. You've got to laugh, haven't you? Mm. Um, um, basically, so Rimmer puts him to work and he rebels, and we start to see what will come in later seasons of Lister uh, teaching um, Crichton how to spin on it basically and rebel so so basically dan what we're going to do is we're just going to go through the best bits we're not going to do an episode by uh, scene by scene breakdown we just put in our best bits and get out within half an hour no it's but this is this is this is a strong middle bit though because between ace big man them giving each other nicknames them mm -hmm. telling each other what to wear the cap with a mirror and rimmer and Crichton not really the reveal of the crew are dead 
and they're just skeletons. And oh, it's just this is one of the strongest points of a dwarf up to this point. It's just See, gag, gag, with gag, it, with gag. You... With the exception of the ending, which I absolutely love, my favourite bit randomly is the fact that Crichton watched a programme called Androids. Which is Neighbours. Yeah, the Neighbours theme. Oh, my days, Neighbours theme. I, like, it's so Neighbours. You can tell. We can tell it. <laughs> neighbours. You can tell. Because Neighbours was big at this point over here. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... But, like... I mean, I know a couple of friends who love mirrors, so like, you know, you think it's there for comedic reasons. Mm-hmm. Trying to get my friend to go on a night out when I was younger because he used to stand in front of a mirror. That smug it, but you know what I mean? That got a laugh. Just, I love the bit where they went, they're all dead, and um, what is it, Crichton just says, I only went out for a couple of minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> and then listens to that. Our ladies, I just want to tell you, Rimmer Ace here, he's a big man. It's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, what Rimmer told it on the, on the ship to yeah. say to, mm-hmm. to the women when he gets on the ship. But this is not so stupid because, like, Rimmer always says, oh, yeah, I'm, he, you know, he's really more intelligent. But we do find out in this episode that Lister is better at Spanish than Rimmer. Because Rimmer, has, yes, yeah, Esperanto, yeah. Like, for a lot of people, he may be intelligent, but when it comes to exams, he just undoes himself. See, I always, I always got the impression that Lister had just heard it so many times because Rimmer had tried so often that yeah, even though he didn't actually know, he didn't wasn't translating it. He just knew the tape back to front. Yeah, that's what I thought whenever I saw that bit. But then yeah. later on, whenever you start seeing the alternate versions of Lister and all that kind of stuff. Mm. You start realizing that Lister's stupidity is a learned stupidity. It's a yeah. survival tactic. <laughs> but I think that was more of a development in order because they needed to in later series, not because that was what they intended in series two. No, they had to flesh the character out more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that <clears> thing that I love because, like, obviously, I because I I find picking up because you know I learned a bit of Japanese. I watch a lot of Japanese. You, if you don't try, if you don't put too much pressure on yourself, it's easier to learn because you pick it up by yeah. relaxing and enjoying it. Whereas, obviously, that's Lister's way of doing it, where Rimmer's way is too hardcore, which is, again, I can relate to that. It doesn't go in because you're pressuring yourself too much. Yeah, it disappears real quick. Absolutely. Um, I, I can I can ask you guys a question. There is a line called Charlie the Wonder Horse. What the hell is Charlie the Wonder Horse? I can't remember what how this happened, but there was a line of Charlie. Champion, the champion. Do you mean Champion the Wonder, the Wonder Horse? Horse? Yeah, I thought it was like a Champion. I read the same amount of books as Champion the Wonder Horse, which is zero. Oh, <laughs> and it's um, Champion the Wonder Horse was a, a kids uh, radio show character. Okay. It wasn't even uh, TV. This is this is way back before you had, when people used to sit around and listen to the radio. He was a a character that had repeated serialized stories where he was just absolutely brilliant and always saved the day and just okay. brilliant at anything a horse needs to be good at and sort of too smart for his own good as well. So sort of a wonder horse is what you're telling me. Yes, well, I'm trying to say he's kind of a horse that's a bit of a wonder. <laughs> I mean, so he was in the Grand National every time. He's a hero, yeah, he basically a hero. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe give him a title of some sort. Mm. Okay. okay. 
Okay. Awesome. Thank you for that, Dan. Go on, See? Dan. What a good addition to the team. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Go on, Dan. Um, Lister, we find out, we find backgrounds. Lister hates art college because he thinks 12.30 is too early. I know people that think waking up at 12.30 is too early. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, it's so bad. Though. As an early riser myself, that's terrible. That's, that's a disgrace. I can't yeah. sleep past 7 a.m. <laughs> and neither can I. I'm up at 7 every day I'm myself. With you, I'm with so. you, Dan. I'm with you. The dog's milk thing is also funny because like, um, they're talking about getting supplies from the ship, mm-hmm. uh, from the other ship. And um, Hole just says about the milk and Rimmer's like, what, well, uh, not, no, Lister, sorry, what milk are we on? He's gone dog's milk. Just <laughs> like, there's no other silly bugger will drink it. <laughs> Lost forever, dog's milk. <laughs> and by the way, Cat is on fire this episode because the spacesuit is just amazing. <laughs> and he's yeah, got a sharp cool. red suit. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, isn't this the one with the line with Rimmer when he to prove to Crichton that they're all dead is okay, ladies, one, two, three, if you arrive, raise your hands. Oh, raise your hands, yeah, that's <laughs> you go, that's the one. <laughs> Get a, yeah. All those oh, yeah. Dead, raise your hands. It's, well, it's brilliant, and the and the audience is just pissing themselves. Yeah, that is the well, great scene of Red Dwarf so far. It's just rapid fire comedy. I think I think Crichton plays that brilliantly because he's so yeah. determined for them to raise their hands. Come yeah, was <laughs> them. He's like, come on, come on, ladies, come on, don't be shy. <laughs> mm. It it is just it's just jam packed full because even to yeah. get to all these, you're missing out even more that is just absolute comedy gold. Oh yeah, that, 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 like one of my favorite bits in this episode is the um, just where we're getting that uh, Holly comes on. It's like a signal. We're getting the signal. It's probably nothing, but I just thought I'd mention it. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, Rimmer's like aliens, aliens. That's that's what up as well. That's it for me. Aliens that pull out of their head. I've got that down. Aliens. Rimmer really has an interesting view on aliens. I'm yeah, beginning to re- worship him for some reason. Yeah, and then that goes back to the pod from last season as well. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch that, bro. Because this season has opened with, um, what is it? Uh, this to tell is rumored to drop dead, already have Encore. They're really going at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Proper going for each other. Because like, <laughs> your nickname was never Ace, maybe Ace Hole. Yeah. <laughs> line after line. I mean, this is, why the... I, this is why I said it's my favourite. That's why I said it's my, this is my favourite episode this season. <laughs> Just fucking say it. Interestingly, it's... though, when it was voted upon in like the early 90s, this was actually voted the least enjoyable that, episode I, of the season. I know. Two. I was surprised. Deep in Crazy. You're busy doing cocaine. In 1992, I wasn't, no. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, okay. 1992, but there's still... 1992 is a long time ago. I think we've evolved since then. Hmm. But yeah, I just I just find it really weird because I've I've always found this one of my favorite episodes. Exactly for sure. So the fact that it's like the least for proper Red Dwarf fans, this was the least in your episode in season two, just seems really weird to me. But I want to big up um, Lister's hole in his trousers, which got another <laughs> the hold up. And he just spray paints the back of his trousers. <laughs> spray paints it. Some black spray paint on the back of his trousers. That's funny. It's but... brilliant. It's just. Fantastic. 
Yes, that's when he's wearing all his least smeggy things, isn't it? According to Rimmer. Yeah. I wish I get the nice clothes for the women. <laughs> um, oh, course. the moon boots are set off the moon <laughs> Rimmer shouldn't be able to smell. If he's a hologram, he cannot be smelling Rimmer's boots. That's a bit of a nitty, nitpick right there. I do apologise. Yeah, but this is this series is the first one. Well, this is actually the first episode where you start to see Rimmer interact with things because they obviously yeah. as they painted themselves into a hole by not having him be able to touch stuff. So I, he, in series two, he t- he can touch hologrammatic stuff. I've so, noticed, but yeah. yeah, I've noticed a few things um, when Crichton delivers his rebellion speech. You can see Chris Barry is just nearly corpsman. Yep, yep. <laughs> also, when Crichton's doing the cleaning montage, there is no water in the bowl. I've just, I've looked back at that a few times just to wow, make you sure. Oh, the bowl. <laughs> I didn't realize until the third viewing. Oh okay, so God. there's a lot to take on here because there's so many weird things like um, here. Holly's hairpiece made me roar. <laughs> It's just a space suit. <laughs> <laughs> the entire season is just like literally just changed himself every episode. He just looks like George, like Paul McCartney from the Beatles in the sixties, doesn't he? <laughs> Maybe more. Paul McCartney. Remember putting socks down his pants, which I think a lot <laughs> done. He's wearing two pairs of socks. <laughs> Rimmer quickly taking off his cap and putting it on his lap. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that scene. Oh, my God. Rimmer went in, man. It was an episode. I love it. I still, I I still have... love that final scene, though. When when Crichton actually rebels. That was the one. That, that was the scene. And, and what are you doing? I, I think I'm rebelling. Rebelling? Just... Yeah. <laughs> Swing on it, punk. And <laughs> this episode, model. I've got some trivia for you actually related to this. This episode is believed to show a first in science fiction where an automaton gives a human the finger. It's the <laughs> first one. That is actually a fact, isn't it? <laughs> David Rose, how do we think David Rose does as the role of Crichton? Because we won't see him again as the role. He does come back as Talkie Toaster in season four. Yeah. Uh, um... Well, he's, I suppose he's, if you're he's playing... decent at anything he does, to be honest. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it, it doesn't take away from him that he yeah. was moved on from. Yeah. Yeah, but he does his character job. Character Crichton's much more like a butler in this one than yeah. he is in when he when he becomes a full time character, and he plays the kind of butler perfectly. He plays it very well. I, I would say if you, if that's the character you're going for, that this this automaton is supposed to be a butler, basically, mm. which is what they've mm. obviously gone for with his whole look, having the British accent, having all that works perfectly. Yeah, well, mm. it worked with the perfection. It did. <laughs> mm. <The> rebelling. <laughs> that was the one. The, 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 the jacket and everything, bro. I love it. It's just, it's just the I think. I'm really yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think I'm rebelling. <laughs> Just downloads in his mind. <laughs> I fives him at the end. There is a deleted oh, scene on the DVDs where the cat is shown singing a duet with Talky Toaster. I love that. If you've never, never seen, seen the DVD, I've never seen, seen that. Oh, interesting! Interesting point because I'm assuming none of you have ever read um, the Red Dwarf books. No, yeah. I won't. no, I've never read it now. 
they explain how the Nova 5 crashed. Oh, it's because Crichton decided to clean the insides of the computer that did the... Uh, navigation. <laughs> oh navigation, God. so he washed the inside of the computer. Mm-hmm. And that's why it crashed. Uh, <laughs> he watched roll the natural one on so many things. <laughs> but would you? But, but let's be honest. With Robert Levelling coming back in season three, which one would you prefer? Because it's a bit. Because Robert Levelling, Le, um, I Le don't. They rebuild Crichton, don't they? So that's why he has a Canadian accent, if I believe. That's why he comes back with a different accent. I don't know if they ever fully explain why he has a different accent. He, they, crashes, he crashes the bike, which they explain in like that Star Wars. Because Lister rebuilds him. Um, I they, remember they, they, never explain just... what, they never explain the accent, though. Season three. Different. Mm. Season three, they try and do a quick like Star Wars style. Yeah, but they don't, actually exp- they don't explain the accent. They just explain that it was reset. They don't actually specifically go to the accent at any point. They just say Lister rebuilt him. So they don't actually explain why he sounds American now. They just decided to do a different character with it. And that's what Robert Llewellyn went with. Because he tried quite a few different accents before he found the one he wanted. So it wasn't it wasn't like a conscious decision on day one that it would be an American. Or Canadian or whatever. It was what Robert Llewellyn could do well that didn't sound necessarily like himself. I have one more thing um, to add. Well, yeah, because... Uh... I think, but going back, David Ross has done a pretty good job. Like, I, I love him as Crichton. It's a shame we didn't get him, but then again... Robert then again, Robert Llewellyn's fantastic, so... Yeah, he, he is. He is. <laughs> I'm not going to compare the two. I'm not even going to be sad that we didn't get David Ross. It, it's like trying to compare Brian Cox and Anthony Hopkins. It's, it's not going to work. Well, mm. Brian Cox wins that every time, but let's not go there. That's true. Um, I've, I've got a couple more things before we finish. Um, Let's meet them a chicken McNugget. That's still the same. McDonald's chicken McNuggets is still pretty crap. Leave 30, 30 years later. But they in in the redone version, it just says chicken nugget, not McNugget. They took well, out the reference to McDonald's. McDonald's reference. Um, Cat's argument about the stick rule. Like you go, you threw the stick. You go get the stick. That made me cry. <laughs> <problem off. laughs> you go get the your introduction to Cat in this episode, though, where he's just hiding around the corner with the bat. Here, mousy, 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 mousy. Clang, clang, clang. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which is good for finally Cat feels like he's part of the team a bit more they brought him to the free and then obviously season three you put Crichton then the, the, the quartet is finalised finally it's good and I'm really glad because Danny uh, Danny George is Danny John Jules thank you Danny John Jules is brilliant and I'm really glad he's got more of a bigger role in this season going forward because my god he deserves it they never yeah, explained okay. where he sleeps in the first two seasons, though. Sorry, just yeah. <laughs> just to decide. Also, Lister has a bike ride. Um, you know, when he's on the bike, does that not look like an office? That looks like a last. Very... <laughs> you made it last for an office. The way he did that, I was actually like funny. I was actually laughing all the time. Imagine of um, you know, just the shining. That's what reminded me of. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> the shining is just like on little bike. <laughs> Okay, right. So, what do we get to? A good start to the season, guys. How are you feeling about season two to start with? The first episode's in the books. It's a good episode. Great start. My favorite season. Yeah. 
Okay. Right. So we'll come back for next week. Thank you. Thank you for me. Thanks for me. That's for me. And also me. Okay. Now smeg off your smegheads. <laughs>